Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, I have a good friend, Mike Sahikstam, a fantastic curator um, who has excellent ideas about curating a city and uh, about the profession in general. So, Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it was so intriguing when you began sharing the idea of the concept of curating a city, so I couldn't, I couldn't stop but thinking about bringing you to the show. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for your time. I know you're busy uh, traveling as you typically do all over the place, so I'm, I'm grateful for your uh, ability to connect uh, via phone. So thanks so much. Um, in, in any event, uh, let's go to the basics, if you will. What about um, defining what is the function of a curator, if you will? The function of a curator is to identify artists and themes for exhibitions and events. Mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. So that can mean that you are visiting artist studios, you are constantly reading about the latest advent of some type of new medium that artists are working with. For example, mm -hmm. artists are using all kinds of things from paint to, to technology in ways that one could never possibly anticipate. And being able to, as a curator, follow those trends and really kind of take the pulse of the culture mm -hmm. and then stage events and exhibitions that resonate with people, that really make people come alive and feel inspired by the arts and want to participate in the arts. In other words, you have to be up to speed on everything that is happening from different uh, disciplines, not only museums and the likes of painting, sculpture, and all together. So how can you keep up with these gradations? I am very adept at talking with people and seeing what is intriguing to people and really trying to communicate with people. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, specifically artists. There are so many artists out there who, let's see, if they're coming from a traditional arts background, then yes, they will be interested in drawing and painting and some of the more traditional art forms. Mm -hmm. um, but then there are also people who are coming from, let's say, uh, sociology um, or poetry or theater mm -hmm. um, and they're doing something in another another realm that as curators we try to understand and contextualize as part of a larger cultural framework of of expression and I think that's something that you see increasingly in museums is the literally wish and desire to appeal to a broad audience and through uh, many different senses, mm -hmm. be it from a, uh, you know, a, a sound sense um, or visual sense or, you know, educational sense or any, any kind of way that you can really try to make an inroad to an audience so that they don't feel alienated by this new type of art that they see that they don't understand and you know, that's what's so exciting about being a curator is that you are that bridge for the mm -hmm. person um, mm -hmm. who comes to the museum and may, maybe doesn't understand, you know, the um, <laughs> packets of flowers strewn on the floor or the graffiti mm -hmm. all over the walls or the, mm -hmm. you know, the obscure esoteric uh, expression of an artist. But 
the curator is someone who through language, through writing, through presentations, verbal presentations, through tours, through these means of engagement enables this person to reach a higher level of understanding of the arts. Um, and you know, I always say that we don't go into a biologist laboratory immediately expecting to understand what they're looking at under the microscope. And we should not expect to understand what artists do immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, so many artists are coming out of a conceptual arts tradition, meaning they're inspired by ideas. And so that idea that if the artwork is based upon ideas, then certainly there's room for a long and, and nuanced engagement with their artwork that might require reading, that might require multiple um, opportunities to see the work from different angles, not just visually, but but through reading, through many different types of engagement. So I think that's the main crux of being a curator is to enable people to have a meaningful experience with the artwork. And you define that in a very meaningful word, I would say. You said that you're the bridge. And, and certainly it helps a lot because in occasions uh, we've all experienced like entering a room in a museum and not getting anything out of that. And it's by reading what is next to it, uh, or maybe somebody explaining to you what's the meaning of it. Then you make sense of what you are seeing, and you might begin experiencing differently uh, the art exposure that you're having at that moment in time. So thanks for defining that. And, and to that extent, and the connection with um, the community that you mentioned, um, got my attention, how can you apply that concept of curating that typically goes directly to the concept of a museum uh, to apply that idea to a city and, and in a meaningful way. So why don't you bring us up to speed about the things that you have in mind and particularly apply to Wilmington? Well, thank you. It's a great question. And <clears throat> as I was leaving the DCCA after five years of being a chief curator there and working within a traditional museum framework, I found myself just naturally attracted to <clears throat> public art projects, mm -hmm. really seeing the city as a museum without walls and how we could create a more, I think, participatory, meaningful framework for people to engage with the arts. And, you know, so many of us do not have access to art on a daily basis because you know, we, we lack transportation to get to the museum, or we weren't introduced to artwork by our parents or family members, uh, which makes it much easier to relate to from an earlier age. And so we're coming at it from so many different angles. Um, so with that in mind, identifying at least 45 exhibitions per year at the DCCA, you know, I was in a constant state of looking at artwork of creating open calls for juried art exhibitions and then visiting artist studios. And so I still do that with regards to the work I'm doing for this Wilmington. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've built so many incredible relationships with artists over the years that it's very, it's very inspiring to be able to introduce those artists into a city framework. So I've I've had the luxury of working with Downtown Visions for their block party series, mm -hmm. and they have wonderful access to the local park system, like H.D. DuPont Park, which is at 10th and, uh, and Delaware Avenue, and it's 
it's one of those underutilized parks that has a beautiful fountain and is right in front of Capital One and Sheraton Hotel. And it's a very little known park that people really haven't visited. And when you say, meet me at HB DuPont Park, they say, where's that? Is that near Rodney Square? And, and it is, it is. Um, but it's exciting to be able to highlight these underrepresented and, frankly, non-traditional art spaces throughout the city. So we have so many different possible venues for pop-up exhibition projects, for mm -hmm. instance. And, you know, that's one of the most exciting things about what I'm doing is I am drawing upon my socially engaged curatorial practice, which really involves people in the creation of the artwork. It's, it's inviting people to participate and in that act of participating, they create the artwork. And so with that said, we've been able to identify a number of projects that are in the pipeline, and one of which is a freestanding white cube gallery that I intend to build in Wilmington. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done this before in other cities. So essentially, my artistic collaborator and, and um, longtime friend, Lauren Ruth, is a sculptor and, and as a curator, she and I produce pop-up exhibitions in spaces we would never imagine. For instance, we started the gallery literally in an elevator shaft in Philadelphia. In a there warehouse. you go. And I'm looking at the pictures right now. Interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. And, and the best part about it was that it was surprising to people. And I love that aspect of really engaging people in ways that they would never have anticipated. And here they are taking an elevator ride. They walk in the elevator, and it's literally a French bistro, and we're serving wine. And, you know, <laughs> or it's a dance party. Or mm -hmm. um, or we're, we're marrying people to higher elevation. So, you know, that idea, which is, which is part of my artistic collaboration, and applying that to my curatorial work, mm -hmm. you know, you become this, this person who's a catalyst for really creating the conditions for culture to erupt in places where people never expected it to. And that, to me, is the most exciting aspect of my job and the most exciting aspect of being able to curate in the city because the city is full of life and vibrancy and spontaneity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, imagine being um, somebody working at Capital One and coming outside and seeing a pop-up white cube gallery exhibition in the park and you know, and having some food at a food truck and, you know, meeting artists who mm -hmm. they would never meet before. Uh, that, to me, is so inspiring. It, it is inspiring. And we need to continue talking about the many concepts and ideas that you have to put this together. But let me re-engage with the audience to let them know that you're listening and tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for the Delaware State of the Arts radio show. We're talking with Maisa Hickson, a fantastic curator who's thinking, sharing ideas about how to curate the city of Wilmington. And let's go back to where we left, uh, Maisa, which is um, share some other ideas. This shaft concept is so uh, breathtaking. It's, it's like a completely different experience, and I'm so with you in terms that public art brings people together in many ways and expose. I remember uh, having a conversation with you not long ago and sharing experiences with the muralist movement and the likes, which is not necessarily the exact same thing, but the similar, a similar experience in terms of exposing individuals that otherwise might not have that um, arts experience. So 
why don't you share with us uh, some other ideas that you have in terms of uh, the city of Wilmington? Well, I, I completely recognize that there is so much talent in Wilmington. And the artists in Wilmington, some of them are academically trained, but some of them are self-taught. Mm-hmm. And we need to, as a city, recognize those who literally have taken the initiative to create something out of nothing and to use maybe materials we would never expect them to use to create something, be it bottle caps. Um, any kind of folk artist will tell you that that making art is not predicated on having access to oil painting and canvas. Of it course can, not. like you said, be on a wall. It can be mm-hmm. on the street itself. Um, so that taking that as my starting point, if you will, mm-hmm. I've... I've crafted a series of solo and thematic group exhibitions with related educational, collaborative, community-engaged, literary and performing arts events. And so I'm in the process of working with Smash the Label, and these are two brothers. Uh, They are wonderful artists. One of the artists, Cray Washington, is the primary artist who actually does the painting, and his brother is more of the business side. Corey Washington, and we are working on a mural project, hopefully in downtown Wilmington, and we are also trying to uh, produce a juried art exhibition that, as I mentioned, would be created by the shaft, so we would do a makeshift art gallery for downtown Wilmington, and Mm -hmm. we hope that, you know, we empower people to see that we are not trapped by the real estate and the institutions that uh, purvey art, we are actually much more powerful as artists and curators than that. We can we can really foster a grassroots and do-it-yourself art scene. And I, I see that all over the city with Terrence Van, with Street ex- Expressions, with Aileen Smith. Um, there's so many fantastic artists out there who are really taking it upon themselves to not be plucked from obscurity by a curator, but they've given themselves the platform. They've elevated themselves by putting themselves in exhibitions with their friends. So, you know, that's part of my goal as a curator through these projects is to not just not just try to single out artists for the purposes of display, but to really encourage communities and and actually try to deal with social justice issues as well. So that mm-hmm people feel like they can sell their artwork and make a good, you know, salary or sell a painting and actually, you know, have options as far as making money and using art as a viable economic tool, Um, not just for, you know, display, but for really changing people's lives. I'm working with Ellen Priest, who is a fantastic artist who who has jazz inspired abstract collage paintings and we're we're partnering with Chris White Gallery to unveil her incredible work and she will actually have jazz musicians performing at the opening of her exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think is so interesting about Ellen Priest's work is the fact that you know so many of us listen to music but have we ever thought of the the music itself as being part of the creative process in the creation of you know visual artwork. So um, somebody like Richard Raw, who is a hip hop artist, is you know an example of someone who has incorporated 
you know, wonderful artwork on the covers of his albums. And, um, and I think that there are so many different inroads for people to become inspired by music. It doesn't have to be jazz as it is in the case with Ellen Priest. It can be hip hop. Mm-hmm. It can be country. It can be um, experimental. It can be anything. And so, you know, again, going back to that idea of trying to appeal to people through a multi-sensory engagement with art mm-hmm. so that we don't just have these rigid boundaries of, you know, um, art is only a painting. Art is supposed to be beautiful and not difficult or con- controversial or, you know, so many different things. Um, that's that's very much a part of my goal as what someone who's doing. created for the city. And you're making me think about a question that I was not necessarily thinking before, but you're talking about that art is not necessarily or should not be just the beauty and the expression of something that really is... is, is Fantastic, let's say, but something that makes you think, makes you feel uncomfortable at times. How would you define art from a curator's standpoint, Dora? Well, I think it's a really important message that, um, you know, so many of us want to emulate those masters, let's say, in the history of art. We want to make a perfect Charles Sheeler-esque painting. We want to um, make something that looks like Jackson Pollock or what have you. Um, And so part of the learning process is to to try to reproduce those those masters um, Mm -hmm. to learn and to grow. Um, And so in many ways, you know, we try to, as curators, encourage people to step outside of what they have seen before um, I'm always looking, for instance, for artwork that I have never seen before, something that is so different that you don't even have the words to describe it, and you have to struggle to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exciting for me because I get to introduce that to the world and to contextualize that as mm-hmm. new, profound, compelling. And maybe sometimes it's not beautiful. Maybe it's not a a pristine landscape or, you know, a portrait of a beautiful woman. And those things are fine. They have their place. But I'm looking at art as a tool for revolution. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's a lot of rhetoric around that idea of, of revolution. But, you know, art is – it's nothing short of a radical way of life. It can be. And it, it's um, it's been proven to be that in, you know, so many different societies at different times. Um, you know, everything from the, the German expressionist, you know, the Mexican muralist to uh, the list goes on and on. And, and right now we're in a period of radical change in terms of artwork, not even being a tangible object, but being an experience. So, for instance, uh, you know, the incredible artist Paul Ramirez Jonas, uh, who did a participatory art project in New York City called The Key to the City. Mm -hmm. Um, What he did was he was looking at ways of providing access um, to making democracy matter. So, you know, the um, public art organization Creative Times in New York commissioned this participatory project called The Key to the City, and and basically they provided people off the street with keys to little-known spaces throughout New York City. And, you know, it was a way to according to both the written and spoken testimonies of people who participated in this, 
um, it created a temporary community. Mm-hmm. And as people waited to to give and to receive the keys. So it spread across the city. And, you know, it really it created an opportunity for people to explore and have greater access to, you know, one of the, the least intimate cities like New York. And yeah. so I think that that's kind of interesting that, you know, we think of we think of painting as the kind of quintessential, especially the Brandywine tradition and the Wyeth in, mm-hmm. in Wilmington, Delaware. You know, um, this idea of the key to the city is a social experience that involves people and, and literally creates a makeshift community that wouldn't have existed otherwise. So, Indeed. and I like that idea of, you know, inviting public to complete the artwork by getting them to engage directly with with artists and then also attending typically closed door conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's really exciting too, is, is uh, to look at how curators all over the world, um, from Hans Ulrich Obrist to, you know, Molly Nesbitt to um, so many, uh, Nato Thompson, there are so many curators out there so who, who are extremely inspiring and who are creating the conditions for these public art um, engagements. And, you know, they, they kind of curate the entire culture around the artwork. And, and it's not just looking, it's about talking. It's about eating food. It's about, it's about many things. And guess what? Uh, the, the time is running up. And unfortunately, we have to close. How can people get in contact with you in 20 seconds we have left? Well, they can contact me at mazahixon at gmail.com. That's my name, M-A-I-Z-A-H-I-X-S-O-N at gmail.com. They can see more of what I've done at mazahixon.com. They can mm-hmm. also go to theshaft at gmail.com and email us or go to theshaftspace.com and some of the artwork that uh, my collaborator, Lauren Reap, and I have done. Fantastic. And with that, we have to thank you for your presence today. Thank you, Misa. My pleasure.